Okay, guys. So welcome back to Malleable Minds. It's a special occasion today for a few different reasons. And that is because I have got Penny Harvey, which is also goes by the name of mum to four people in this world, of which I happen to be one of them. So I've got mum on the Yay! podcast. And it's a special occasion because, I mean, mum and I... You know, you and I, we always uh, get lost in conversation, but yes. don't have enough time to kind of finish it. I'm not sure if we ever actually would well, finish a full conversation. Pro- probably not, especially if the girls are around. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. So we're grateful. Well, with respect. We're grateful great. that they're at school and we're able to have this time without <laughs> interruption. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I wanted to... I mean, we didn't really set exactly like what we were going to kind of talk about, but what I would like to talk about was firstly, you've got some exciting news with the business that you're starting. So maybe we could kind of start there of sort of what your thoughts are, run through for, you know, what it is um, for anyone who might be interested. Yep. Yes, I can do that. So a little bit about me, obviously mum of four, and I've done a few studies in my lifetime um, to do with the way that the body moves, and I find it extremely fascinating. I started off with a naturopath course that had a remedial massage adjunct to it, and I got so involved with the way that the body moved and the muscles and the bones and all that sort of thing that I dropped the, the plant bit because I found that a bit boring, even though I wish I'd done it now. Um, and kept going and got my diploma of remedial massage. And then from there, I've also studied yoga, teacher training, Pilates, mat Pilates, strength for life, dry needling, personal training, group fitness, and yoga therapy is my last recent one. So anything to do with the body and how it moves huh. is my interest. And I, when my well, Byron and his brother were younger, I, I had my own massage business and then I stopped doing that when I had my girls. And I have always wanted to pull, I've had a business before, but just and then took a break from that and I've always wanted to pull it all back together and just put all my skill sets in the one banner and see what happens. So that's what I opened in October, um, a company or business called PH Balance and Wellness. We've got a studio down at Summerton Park and so far it's going, it's going all right. We've got mm. some loyal, loyal um, client base, attendees. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. It's stressful at times just starting a new business and seeing where it goes, but I'm really hoping that people will see that I'm I know it sounds cliche but I'm passionate about what I offer so I'm just wanting to share that mm. and with, you've obviously with the huge list of all the different ones that you've done you've obviously <laughs> got a fair bit to share can you go through just briefly of coming up with the name PH balance and wellness uh yep so I well my initials are Penny Harvey so PH and then I related that to the PH of the body so the acidic um, and alkaline um, system that we have that the body stays in a certain range in order to keep us healthy. And I just found, I thought that was very prevalent in what I want to do because it's a health and wellness kind of vibe that I'm trying to um, create. And balance and wellness, well, the pH balance, so the balance of the mm. body physically, mentally, emotionally, all that sort of thing. And... Um, yeah, wellness to be well 
and wellness is different to different people. So yeah, just exploring that and letting people explore that for themselves through the different genres that I have. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. And you mentioned something before about the naturopath side of things, but, and then you said you wish that you had continued it now. I, why, um, why be- is that? Because um, I feel like that having that other side of the business would be really good and um, that more internal down to the atom level kind of knowledge would be really interesting. Oh, they do that in yeah. naturopaths. Yeah, because they? they prescribe um, medications and stuff, but natural medications. So, and this is a <laughs> and that sort <laughs> of thing. something that we've done, we've spoken about a little bit, but that. So, what are some misunderstandings that people have when you commonly hear people talk about naturopath? Like, compared to your, what would be called, what would it be? Because uh, you wouldn't say a naturopath is part of modern Western medicine. So, to hear that it goes down to the atom level, you were saying? The studies that they do, yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that then they can know how the liver works, all the and all the organs and how they work, and then when they're prescribing, they generally they prescribe plant based medications. Yeah. Um, hence natural. Hence naturopath. naturopath. And yeah. then path is coming from pathology, which is some sort of disturbance. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Yes, so as I understand it. Treating yes. a disturbance naturally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so going back to the if you want to term it, old school days of, you know, when people were maybe looked at as witch doctors because they offered herbs and, you mm. know, that sort of thing for healing. Um, and, but they worked, they worked. So yeah. yeah, just having that, having that, that place you can go rather than maybe going to your doctor, which obviously they have their place and I don't have anything against doctors at all. I use them myself. Yeah. Um, but having that somewhere where you can go, where you can get that other alternative for your wellness rather than just popping a pill per se. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. So you would want that now or you're still looking to get that now and bring that into the um i don't know if i've got time at the moment (laughs) i would and i would love to study something else but money wise as well i've just spent i've spent a lot of money over my studies and just now trying to you know pull them all together really delve into what i already know and get to know that a little bit more um, and then maybe add some more study later because I always like to learn. So, <laughs> so, but would you look at, and this comes back to that Alex Hormozy thing that we were talking about the other day where he talks about the difference between having the role or kind of identifying yourself as a business person and then mm. kind of being a, a technician within the business and then the technician being the person who kind of studies the craft or studies whatever it is, I guess in a service-based business, like what um, And then delivers it. And delivers it, yeah. So that would would mean you doing the training yourself and having that technical side of it. But then from a business perspective, it's kind of, you could maybe look at it as more management and um, trying to identify, okay, what's our kind of goal here? And then being able to source the right people for the job. So you obviously, with the various different um, sort of modalities, avenues, modalities nice, um, <laughs> that you've done, you obviously 
appreciate and have a love for that technical I do. side of it. I do. Would you look at... Uh, uh, how would you... Um, what's the right way of saying it? What are your sort of feelings between that uh, hiring maybe somebody else to kind of do that role if that was something that you were really looking for? Um, at the moment, I'm trying to work out what the best way to go is because I've got two young kids at, sc at school still and I would like to spend time with my family and that sort of thing. So finding that work-life balance of being a mum and a wife and a um, and working and having a business and that sort of thing uh, is a real balancing act, as a lot of people would know. <laughs> mm. And dads as well, not just mums. Um, yeah. But, yeah, just finding that balance and then... I really love to deliver um, the practices that I have, particularly Pilates, which is a, it has been or is slow to take off at my business, um, which is fine. That's fine. Relative to? My, say, yoga. Yoga's okay. gone pretty well and um, the group fitness is doing, doing well as well. But Pilates is something I'm really passionate about because I feel that it's basically the underlying – this is my – my belief anyway yeah, sure. it's the underlying modality that you can take and take into any other movement pattern in your life and that's including anything from running a marathon or doing a yoga class or even or just moving around in your day-to-day -day, like business whatever you're doing working or playing with your kids or you know that sort of thing having that underlying connection with your body and how it moves and where you're moving from is for me, such an important part. And I think that if we taught it in schools, I reckon that um, we'd have a lot less issues of health, musculoskeletal health issues. Yeah. But even even moving into the mental and emotional side of things as well. Okay, even moving in, okay, right. And is that because when you, a lot of tension can be bound up or is bound up in the body, so by being able to connect with that and to release it the follow-on effects will come mentally or you think that there's actually a mental component built within the practice of pilates that um that addresses that as well i personally bring that into my pilates classes i can't speak for everyone um but i honestly believe that the body is inherently smart and we can when we before we've even done anything if we're just laying there doing nothing and we know we've got to get up and do move and do something, whether it's get off from the couch to go and get something or start a Pilates class, um, our bodies will anticipate that movement. And if you look for it, you'll be able to feel that sort of subtle energy coming mm. into whatever part of the body you want to move, especially if you bring your awareness to that space before you move it. And if you start to feel, I do anyway, and I try to teach this, that you start to feel some sort of sensation something starts to change and something happens in that area so i guess i've heard you say that before and when you first when we were first talking about that i think probably two or three years ago i understood conceptually like in my my head and my brain what you're talking about but every time i, I think a lot of, of people might <laughs> yeah and but then when i try and feel it i couldn't feel it and it was really quite frustrating to for that mismatch to be there between yep. going oh okay right energy well actually firstly when you mentioned energy because of how strict I was 
to the kind of the scientific, the Western um, scientific state as I understood it then, yep. which the, the key emphasis there being as I understood it. I'm not saying that I understood the whole uh, the whole community per yep. se. Well, nor do I. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess maybe nobody really would. Really, nobody knows everything. But then to... Um, oh, where was I going with that? I totally jumped. Uh, to to not un- not be able to feel it and get frustrated. Yeah. Oh, and then there was thank you. There was oh, I did this thing with um, Jess, where you close your eyes. Just a few years ago, you close your eyes, and somebody says, "Oh, maybe your eyes are open." I can't remember. I think your eyes are open actually. And somebody puts their finger between your two eyes, and then kind of you look at their finger. Yep. And then they move their finger down your nose without actually touching your nose yep. and then up in between your eyes and you can almost feel yep. the anticipation that they're about I can to feel touch that your while skin. you're watching you do it <laughs> yeah so I guess I was trying to just bring that up for anybody who also experiences that frustration of you know you're lying down like you were saying you think oh I've got to go to the fridge and then there's a shift of energy of preparation to go and do that for anybody who goes eh I don't really get what you mean by that. I guess there's a similar, you could try that experiment with somebody else where they keep your eyes open so you can yeah, see that's their a finger really good right one. in front of you. Yeah. They're not touching you, but you can, you have this sense that maybe yep. not everybody does, but I definitely had this feeling like, there's Whoa, someone there. I feel like something. you can, yeah. Yep. Like I'm, it doesn't feel like touch, but it does feel like some kind of energy sort of yep. system that isn't. Like, ooh, airy, fairy, energy, which a lot of people might react to yeah. if they haven't come across it before. I use the word energy, but other you might term it something else, just a sensation or a tingling or a coolness or whatever, a warmth or whatever you might feel. And when I teach my classes, I say to people, just look for it. And if you can't feel it, it doesn't matter. But just start to look for that sort of feeling and see what happens for you. And then the more you practice, uh, like yoga, yoga is a practice and I, I believe Pilates is as well because we always get better. Um, but the more you practice it, the more that that hopefully will come into play and you start to get into that tuning of your body and how it moves and where you're moving from as well. So for example, if I teach a Pilates class and I'm teaching some sort of exercise, you're laying on your back and you're moving your leg out to the side with your knees up and you know keeping your hips on the floor and people wobble around and you say to people if you can feel yourself wobbling around then just pull your movement back in stop reset start again and people you watch people and they they don't but they they potentially they're thinking that they are so really that Mm. real tuning into this what's happening in your body is is something I find so exciting. <laughs> yeah, and then that's where the practice comes into it too. And I can speak personally from coming to the spot where it was like, I haven't done a Pilates class with you, but I have done yoga. Yep. And it would just be frustrating going, oh gosh, I don't know. I feel like I should know this. It's kind of, I think it's similar to with meditation where people say, uh, you know, you kind of think that you have control over your mind and then you go, okay, well, if you really do, do you think you could just decide to have your mind go blank for... And, well, I'm not talking about when you're really tired at the end of the day and your body's exhausted. Yep. I'm talking your awareness is there. You you know, you can feel whatever's going on, 
but you're not experiencing any thoughts and you kind of go, uh, yeah, I think I can do that. I've, I've got control of my mind. Yep. And you kind of sit there and go, oh, wow, I can't go longer than a couple <laughs> of seconds without a thought coming, coming in. And then the similar with yoga too, where you go, yeah, I know my body. I can, I've been moving it since I started moving it. Yep. And then to go, well, actually, you know, if I am laying on the ground and I'm supposed to move one leg to the side, it's so frustrating as soon as I find out that, you know, my hip is lifting up or whatever and maybe that, that's where the practice comes in of just... It does, but it's also about self-acceptance as well. So mm. being where you're at for that time, and I teach this in my Pilates and my yoga, and there's a little bit of a... For me, there's a little bit of a crossover in what I teach between the two. Um that if you if you are if finding something difficult there's no it doesn't matter it's not you you don't look at the person next to you and go well how come they can do it and I can't or how come they can get their leg out further and I'm wobbling everywhere it's about you and your body and your experience that you're having and also hopefully a sense of enjoyment of learning and discovering your body as mm. well and not in a rude way just in a way that gives you a real connection with the physical self, so in yoga, that's your anamaya kosha, um, but also nice. <laughs> dropping the knowledge there, <laughs> or some of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then, but then finding your manamaya kosha, which is your mind state, and linking those two through the pranamaya kosha, which is the breath. And obviously, without our breath, we can't survive because we need it. So, just watching how that changes as we move if we start to get stressed how that changes if we're if we're calm how that changes if we're anticipating something whatever it might be just the way that the breath changes it moves where it goes to when you're breathing in and out how long your breath is how small it or short it is jagged smooth whatever that in itself affects your mind state and your physical self yeah and there's a your Vinjanamaya Kosha, which is our wisdom state that sits there watching and our buddhi, if you want to call it that, which is this part of us that sits and watches everything we do, even if we don't know it. And we we can then tune into that and be, start to become aware of that thing that's watching us on all our different levels. I like that. I like that idea. I think it might be quite esoteric for some people who haven't come it, yes. across it. One way that... <laughs> You could think about it perhaps, and please correct me if you, if you think otherwise along the, the process, but you could think about it as like levels of consciousness. Yes. And, you know, you've got your highest form of consciousness, some might say, which is like the recognition of you know that you know kind of thing. Yep. And then been able to, yeah, it's fine. Don't stress about having a drink as long as you Sorry. do a big gulp right in front of the, in front oh, of the microphone. I don't think I did. <laughs> no, that's right. Um, but then, so you've got your, we could even talk about it in terms of wakeful states versus sleep states. So even though you're asleep, there's still some part of you that's having an experience. Because, I mean, some interesting experiments... Uh, or just kind of anecdotal sort of stories uh, that even this morning actually for myself is a good um, ties in nicely where my alarm didn't go off. Uh, sorry, I forgot to set my alarm last night, but internally I had a clock that is kind of that woke me up 
in time so I could leave and get to work yep. at the time that I needed to. Yep. So there's still some kind of experience going Ooh. on within your body that your mind is, unless you want to be like um, the philosopher Descartes where you say that the body and mind are separate, yep. uh, a lot of people would argue, I think nowadays, that the mind and the body are intertwined mm -hmm. um, in their functioning. But then you have these other interesting kind of experiences where if you get put to sleep for um, like an operation or something like that. Oh, I love that when that happens. It's the best sleep ever. <laughs> yeah, I think they say that it's not actually really sleep. Your body's not functioning like sleep. It's 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 just uh, out. <laughs> I don't know what the alternative is, but you, there isn't a sense of time difference mm. in there. Like you can go to sleep. And it's not always accurate, but you can have like a day sleep on the weekend or something like that. And you can wake up and feel like, oh yeah, that was a short sleep yep. or that was a long sleep. And that might be associated with this feeling of depth yep. um, of the sleep as well, which I'm sure, well, which there are avenues you can go through like that. But that, uh, that concept of there being some type of experiencer underneath that's recognizing something somewhere in your body, somewhere in your mind that intertwined is kind of an interesting mm. idea. Another way you could maybe say it is that I still feel the experience of myself self still feels the same as when I was, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. in terms of, I still feel like the whole world that I see is the whole world i know that there is more beyond yep what i know if that makes sense yeah but i still feel like there's something continuous there's something the same about what it was like to be me at five years old as what it is now so there's some well, kind of experience underneath what are your thoughts on that well i think that you can relate well because obviously i'm older than you so i can relate to that because as i'm getting older maybe your body starts to you know, do different things or can't do what it used to or that sort of thing. But in your mind, you are still young and you are still, you think, well, how come I can't do that? Because I should be able to because I'm, I'm, you know, physically I'm older, but in my mind I'm not. Yep. So I should, why are these things happening to me? And I think that's relevant to even people older than me that, are still you know that are going on my body starting to shut down which obviously we all go through the cycle of life born die that sort of thing and hopefully leaves people behind that love us but yeah um or but, some kind of impact or yeah. some kind of impact yeah but um just that that whole coming to terms with you know i am getting older but i still feel young and things haven't changed for me like you were just saying is something that as i'm getting older it's you know, becoming more prevalent in my mind. Yeah. And just to live and enjoy my life, you know, as much as I can. Yeah. While it's here. For sure. And mm. that brings into the gratitude thing, which is actually, firstly, I like maybe me using five years old might make it a little bit uh, not as um, easy to relate to. But, you know, you might say that. But say 20, yeah, 25. Or oh, you look back adulthood. for me, look back to my favorite you know, my most fun time in my life or, you know, whatever, the time where I felt the most free and me and able to sort of express myself and that sort of thing and go, I don't feel any older than I did then yep. that as I do now kind of thing. So nothing inside me has changed. 
It's just the outside physical stuff that's changing. That makes sense. Yeah. I wanted to go back to, because we've jumped between Pilates and yoga in some of, you know, where the practices that you teach and the practices that you practice personally, (laughs) where they sit in between those two boxes. But I was wondering whether you could kind of give a brief sort of distinction between what differs Maybe what's the same and what differs between yoga and Pilates. Okay, so in my way of saying it, I would say that yoga... What is that sound? I don't know. Something... That might be a little bit disturbing. Let me just check the <laughs> Hang headphones. on. Can't yeah, hear Yeah, you can hear it. All right. Let me just try it. Shower? Was it the shower? It might have been. Oh. Hang on a second. <laughs> No, that seems okay now. Yeah, so we're going back to the distinction between yoga and Pilates, similar or maybe similarities and differences between them. Okay, well, obviously everyone will probably have a different way of explaining it or viewpoint or whatever, but in my personal view, I look at Pilates as a modality that is about more physical um, as far as tuning in with the body, working out we're moving from our centre, so from the core, and then moving out towards the, the limbs and using our body the way it's designed to be used. So if you watch a child who's, say, under the age of five, they inherently do everything naturally. They can squat to full depth. They stand up from you know on their heels. They, they just do everything the way that we're designed to do. And as we get older, we develop bad habits and we start to lose that sort of connection with those muscles. And I get told a lot in Pilates, oh, found muscles I didn't know I had you know, um, last week kind of thing. And I I feel better now, (laughs) but (laughs) yeah, on the weekend that hurts sort of thing. Um, so you just, so in that physical level, pulling back Pilates to that sort of level and going, we're working with the physical body. Then yoga, um, is more, if you want to look at it, it's more about, I guess, depends what style of yoga you do, but it's more about connecting maybe with the mind. Um, and the flexibility that everyone talks about you know i'm too i'm not flexible enough to do yoga but for me yoga is more about flexibility of the mind than the body um obviously so maybe the the western kind of um take on it is well because the yogic sort of belief is that the flexibility of the body will correlate with the flexibility of the mind mind yes and maybe the western uh, the traditional western belief because yoga being more something that's uh, of an Eastern tradition is with the kind of materialism and physicalism. I think physicalism is the right definition in our belief that, you know, the body is the body with all its atoms or whatever and kind of a little bit of disregard for what's going on in the mind. That might be why flexibility is what a lot of people think in kind of the Western the Western perspective of what yoga is. I think I think as an overall conceptualization that yoga's been taken on board as a way to build body strength yep. um, and flexibility. And that's why you get the comments of I'm not flexible enough for yoga, which mm. is 
you know, if you don't have a flexible mind and, and a mind open to change, then yes, you are not flexible enough for yoga, in my opinion. But if you've got a mind that's open to change, it doesn't matter what your body's flexibility is or isn't. But it's not what most people are talking about when they say, oh, I'm not flexible for yoga. No, they're that's, talking about the physical They're talking side. about the physical aspect of things, which, yes, I, yoga yoga the the asana side of yoga is just one limb so that's the side where we get on the mat we move our bodies we start to tune in with how we're moving the mind starts to have bring a focus in we bring our drishti or our gaze inwards and we start to really connect and then we find our breath we connect with that the whole point of doing those asanas practice and it doesn't matter what practice it is whether it's yin or ashtanga or ahenga or whatever all the different brands are of yoga they're just brands they're all they're all still one of the limbs of yoga when we really start to practice yoga is when we get off our mats so what we learn on our mats is what we take off our mat and that's where we start to practice yoga in our everyday life so doing if you say i go to and this is not having a go at anyone but if you say oh i do yoga that's great but do you do yoga in your outs out off your mat when you're outside the gym or your studio or whatever that's where you've got to start to go that's when you can start to say i do yoga so you start yeah. to to look at the the different aspects off the mat that we can bring with us so that self that not do no harm to ourselves or others that thought process of where we're moving from and how we're moving, the way we treat other people, the way we run our life and that sort of thing, that's where we really start to practice yoga. Yeah, so maybe an analogy. I was going to use a an exercise analogy, but I don't think it would be well suited to uphold the differences that we're trying to kind of elucidate, I think might be the right <laughs> word. Um, but it would be like if you're if you study something in school – People go, oh, why are we studying this? You're not studying it for the purpose of studying it in the class. You're studying it so that you can use it outside of exactly. the room. I was gonna, I was gonna say, you know, exercise. You don't just exercise for the sake of exercise. You exercise because it makes you feel healthy. You know, in the time where you're not exercising. I mean, I enjoy oh, exercising for yeah. what it is, but I think for a lot of people, uh, there is that kind of difference. But but Again. you're looking for the benefits of the exercise. So most, a lot of people will exercise to lose weight or make themselves feel better about themselves or get stronger or, or achieve a goal like a marathon or if, you, you know, if you're a jogger or whatever your exercise genre is that you enjoy. And that's the point. You've got to find something that you enjoy because if you don't enjoy it, you won't stick to it. Yeah. Um, so I think that's where... You, you, have a, you have an outcome that you're looking for. So it's the same on the yoga mat. You have an outcome that you're looking for that is not just about the flexibility of the body. And if it is, that's okay, as long as you approach that with the right mindset and not just... I think just people will tend to find... ...want to look good in your yoga pants kind of thing <laughs> when it comes to yoga Yeah. anyway. Yeah. yeah, well, that would be disingenuous to the purpose of the practice Yes. Uh, from... It's traditional yes. roots. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so then to jump... One of the benefits is you might end up looking good in your yoga pants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it shouldn't be the driving It should not factor. be the driving factor. Which is interesting though because... And we went down this path a little bit when I first started learning about meditation, which was that there is a goal 
but if you attach yourself too much to the goal, then you are not being mindful throughout the journey to get there. And so then there's this old kind of uh, a saying. What's another word for saying? Is it idiom? I'm not sure. Anyway, there's a saying that the I'm journey sure. is the destination. <laughs> yeah. Kind of yeah. that sort of uh, yeah. approach. So if it's, you know, to look good in your yoga pants, like it's not really acknowledging the journey yeah. so much because you're, you're so attached to, to the, the outcome. It. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And then jumping back. So but there's, to having said that, sure. disclaimer, there's nothing wrong with wanting to look good in yoga pants. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> Just putting it out there. Yeah. <laughs> Don't yeah. want to upset anyone. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Then to, I was just going to jump back and, and uh, do those, uh, those differences. Yeah, so you said Pilates tends to have more of a physical uh, emphasis on where you're drawing where you're drawing your attention or what the purpose is of the practice? It's a, a bit very of both. Physical... A bit of both. It's okay. physical in respect of getting to know your body, where it moves from and how and why. Uh, or maybe not why so much for a lot of people, but just how and where. Um, and yoga is more about, for me anyway, is more about that connecting with our our mental, emotional kind of side of us, that more... Um, yeah, airy fairy side, if you want to call it that, which some people think is. I would call it spiritual. Spiritual, yeah, you could use the word spiritual, but then that runs into some some people would say, well, spiritual, you know, that's about God. Which, okay, depends on what what you believe. So, spiritual can be an umbrella term, and you can apply that however it relates to you. Yeah, in that respect, that's fair. I think. You could create a distinction. I would create a distinction and I wouldn't push this on anybody else, but that there's a difference between spirituality and, well, spiritual experience and perhaps religious yes, experience. Yes, definitely, yes. And you might say, I would say uh, as a rough definition that spiritual experience is coming cl- coming into closer connection with a sense of at one um, and just where your attention is in kind of a flow state. Uh, that's another definition that I feel like you kind of have. I'm trying to... I'm, I'm, yeah. I might have something that relates to this. I've sure. used this week in my yoga classes, I used an analogy of... Um, so practicing with the breath, making it longer, and um, I suppose particularly on the exhale... And finding the pauses at the top and the end of each breath where we are not holding our breath, but yeah. we're just sitting in the moment, waiting for the body to inherently breathe in or out, whatever we're up to. And I use the analogy of recognizing the sounds around you and pretending that we're at the beach or in a pool and you've got other people around you and they're all you know, having fun, splashing and all that sort of thing. And you can hear all that going on and you just take a big breath in and you take a moment and then you lower yourself slowly down into the water and you all the sounds around you become muted. You still know they're there. Let's let's say we're at the in the ocean. You see all the sounds around you, you can still hear them, but you are 
all of a sudden you're in this area of your own that becomes calm, starts to become calm and you can just tune in with what you're feeling and you've got, we've, we're in our analogy, we've got our eyes open or you might have goggles on if you don't like opening your eyes underwater. Mm. Especially in the ocean. Yep. <laughs> so you can see, you can see things around you and you're part of that. You're part of those legs that are moving over here and all the noise that you know is happening above, but you're in this... The shark that's kind of swimming. Yeah, yeah well, let's hope not. No. Get out. <laughs> Don't worry about your moment. Get that's out. What I, that's what, <laughs> what yeah. I'd be thinking. If you want another moment, get out. Well, I was going to say, uh, then we turn around and face the deep blue, so to speak, yeah. and you see a shark coming towards you, so let's get out. No. <laughs> yeah. no. Yeah. Um, so you're in the moment, you're sort of facing where everyone's doing and you just, you can hear all that, you know you're part of it, but you're starting to become not part of it, but still. And then we turn around under the water and we're holding our breath, but we're not panicking. We've just got this sense of calm that comes over us and we turn around and we face the out into the ocean where there's no one and you, it just goes on forever, and, but we know that we're part of that. But there's this sense of peace and stillness of looking out there, of being something part of something bigger, but not having to immerse ourselves or or actively become part of that. We just are. And we kind of get this feeling of blending between the two. And then when we're ready, we turn back around, come back up out of the water, all the noises come back in, we take our next breath and then we do it again. And we just become this part of this universe I guess where we are we're, we are not alone but we are but we're part of something so much bigger than just us so looking after ourselves and taking that time out for ourselves is so important yeah I really like that I haven't heard you say that before and I haven't heard I don't think I've heard anybody else say that before I really liked the well, firstly, you're using imagery, uh, which is helpful for a couple of reasons. One, because being able to conjure up an image, and I have some difficulty with this, I think more in words, as I've said before, but to be able to conjure up an image within your mind is a very, it's got a very powerful ability to... Um, Change your psychology. Dominantly um, visual creatures, unless, of course, um, you experience some kind of blindness. Uh, but so to be able to utilize that function to imagine situations like even in uh, it's helpful for memory like there's this thing called the method of loci uh, which is an old greek method for memory where it's like you have a visual representation of different um maybe the school that you went to and different houses that you've lived in and you tour through them and you can kind of put items in there and use this visual thing this is how people were able to memorize things or this is one way that people were able to memorize things back in the day before writing and to be able to do that in a practice that is cultivating a sense of calm yep is is really useful and then that distinction between being out of the water and the intensity of the sounds and then going underneath the water and that kind of dulling uh not dulling, but that separation, I guess, from the kind of automatic responses that we get to, you know, loud noise and um, any sort of impulse in that 
kind of way. It relates similar to what I was talking about in another podcast with Ben Millington. Um, this is the guy who does the Muay Thai that I've Yep, uh, I haven't listened to that one yet, but I will. That's all right. Just <laughs> shouting out my own podcast on the podcast. <laughs> why, no. <laughs> no, and he was talking about chakras and things like that, which was something that he's uh, more recently kind of exploring. Yep. Um, and I kind of relate, I related a little bit to what he said and it ties into what you were just saying about the water and that distinction between being above and below. But there's something that I sometimes do if I'm feeling overwhelmed is close my eyes and I'm kind of imagining that my, so we have this experience I think most of us have this experience that we kind of sit within our head, that we're kind of somewhere behind our eyes. Like yep. that's you. That yep. That's the, you know, something about you. And then you kind of have this body yep. that you're sort of in. I know that's a bit, little bit weird to it kind is. of say. <laughs> it makes me feel weird when I think about it. But it yeah, does. I know I'm, what you mean. You could, you, I'm not saying that that's the truth. I'm just saying that that is uh, often an experience that we have. But if I kind of visualize that, rather than sitting behind my eyes in my head, that I'm kind of sitting somewhere in the middle of my torso, like in the middle of my stomach kind of um, region. And it has the same function, the same experience as what you were talking about of being out of the water and then going in the water. I can still tell that I'm having, like I went to the dentist yesterday and I didn't enjoy it. And it's painful, oh, but I went to be able to... Well. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. I've heard four or five people have gone to the dentist in the past week. Yep. <laughs> must be just that time of year. That time of year. Check Whatever up time. Whatever that means. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it had a similar role there where it was like, ah, oh, this is painful, someone prodding around in my mouth. But to be able to drop into that kind of state, I can yep. recognize that it's still there, but it's not having that same automatic mm. like, ah, oh, it's pain, it's hurting me the me that sits behind my eyes and yep. is, you know, processing things in terms of, you know, it's very cerebral and kind yep. of annoying and maybe unnecessary at some yep. stages. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I really like that way of framing it. I can relate to that as well with... Um, Alan's got the, the kettle on. Oh. Um, I'm not I really can... thinking about it. You can hear some sound in the background. Apologies, everyone. <laughs> I was just going to say you can relate to that, say, with Pilates yoga combination or differences or similarities is that in Pilates we move from our core, so the centre of our being, um, in a muscular way, but in yoga we are trying to access the core of the centre of our um, esoterical, is that how you say it? Esoteric. Yep, that, that more spiritual if you want to use that word side of us so we're still on both in both genres we're still working from that integral part of us that is us kind of thing but just in maybe a little bit of different way but with my personally with my my pilates and yoga crossover a fair bit i bring a little bit of my yoga philosophies into my pilates not too much because it's not yoga um i don't want people to go I've signed up for Pilates and now I'm getting yoga so yeah um but just enough to to get that sense of connection um and then in my yoga I bring in that physical side of things so people can learn how to move their bodies and that sort of thing mm. and connect on that level as well and then there's the kind of the meditation sort of aspect that you'll finish or often finish on yep. in a yoga sort of So we setting. use their asanas in yoga in order to calm, not our, 
in, in order to get rid of the, the physical twitches and fidgeting and stuff that we do um, in, and bring the mind into focus so that we can then move into meditation if that's what you know we're, we're sort of wanting to do. But that is the point of those asanas is to bring that mind or bring the mind into stillness or a sense of calm in order to but with awareness so we're not so i'll say even in yoga nidra which is like yogic sleep you're not falling asleep like you do when you're going to bed but you are relaxing the body with an underlying awareness of i know where i am i know who's around me and i know what's happening but i'm fully in tuned internally and i use my i use um breath work at the start of my class to bring that in um so acknowledging the the external environment and then gradually working our way inwards and some people probably look at me and go why are we thinking about our toes or our fingers or whatever but it's a way of bringing in and what do you mean breathing down to my toes I don't get what you mean but it's a way of bringing that focus internally move away from our outside distractions and get ready to practice whatever we're doing yeah well I mean something that that would do uh physiologically or neurologically i guess neurologically does fit into physiologically doesn't it yeah um but so when you talk about like breathe into your toes it's like what are you talking about like my lungs are in yeah my lungs yep breathing into my toes what does that really i had a lady ask me when you say breathe into your belly what do you mean how how am i supposed to breathe into my belly because my lungs are here so then I went, oh, okay, that was a good learning thing for me because I had to then think about how I was question. to explain it. Yes, exactly. Because yeah. she was thinking, which is nothing wrong with it. She's thinking from a physiological point of view, I can't breathe into my belly. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, I guess uh, you can breathe and you can focus a little bit. And I, I did this totally wrong when we went to Bali and we did that yoga class and he was saying, oh, breathe like... He said, breathe into your belly and I'm pushing my lungs down or pushing my right. diaphragm down, sorry, I should say. Yep. Um, when I'm breathing in and it actually was kind of painful. So I was like, <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> I'm, I'm obviously I don't not like doing yoga. this right. Or I thought it was like, maybe it's like, because I don't do that uh, regularly or I didn't do that regularly at the time, that like maybe this is like the stretching of... <laughs> muscles or something that aren't usually used because yeah. we so often just breathe into chest breathe. our chest which if you pay attention to it you can feel yourself being more stressed just by doing that when nothing has has really changed well or, you can practice it you can have an experiment on yourself chest breathe notice it and then just stop take a moment and then do some deep breaths all the way down into the lower part of the lungs so like you're taking a big sigh mm. and just watch per se what happens in your mind as you do that yeah and if you really tune in you'll find that your mind starts to it just it just starts to calm down physiologically it's connected and it's it should help yeah well the longer exhales andrew huberman talks about this all the time but the longer exhales they slow your heart rate Mm -hmm. and you know, with slowing your heart rate, then comes all the different, uh, you know, it relaxes the body, it relaxes the whole circulation. But I was going to say before with the breathing into your toes kind of thing, that what you would be doing, even though 
I don't think that I believe that you're actually increasing the oxygen supply specifically to that area more so than any other area of your body. Obviously, if you're breathing in, you're increasing the oxygen supply to your body. But I don't think, and I could be wrong, I don't think that by attending to one spot in your body and then breathing in that you're necessarily increasing the oxygen supply there. But what I think you would be doing is energizing your brain and the neural connection between the part of your brain that registers sensation in your toes, let's say, and strengthening that connection so that you can come back to that. And like, you know, you know these guys who like the bodybuilders or whatever, and, and they're they like can... squeeze one peck yeah, at a yeah, time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, you know, by doing that, it starts where you can just kind of, it's just, almost like involuntary. You're, you're just trying to throw yeah. you know, <laughs> different um, operations out at your body. Yep. But then you kind of connect to it a little bit more and then you can kind of get, or maybe let's say your bicep muscle, you might not be able to get a full squeeze um, on it. But then with, you know, some more practice, you're actually linking that yep. connection together. And by doing it with the breath, it's putting you in a different state of a, of awareness whilst you're strengthening that connection to your body in a in a literal sense yeah well yeah and when this lady said this to me about how do i breathe into my belly i went mm, okay that's a really good question we're not literally breathing into our belly but at the same time physiologically we are breathing into our belly because what we take into our lungs gets sent out through the pumping of the heart and the blood to the rest of our body so in one respect we kind of are breathing into our belly but just not in a you know that actual physical like the air the oxygen's moving into the belly per se when could we that first be, breathe in could that be a little bit challenging and a bit uh maybe off-putting is not the right word but let's go with that off-putting for someone who's going mm, don't yeah. know what you're talking about like if they're approaching yeah. it and they're going it's airy fairy but i know that there are benefits in this i don't want the airy fairiness yep if you were to say that could that potentially uh be a little create a little bit of an obstacle for someone to go yeah all right but i think you're kind of twisting the story in a particular Yep, and that's yeah. where I'm. Care I try to be careful with my yoga and Pilates. The differences back coming yep. back to that is in Pilates. I don't tend to talk quite like that because people aren't looking for that per se in a Pilates class. Whereas in yoga, most people come to it with a little bit of expectation that we're going to be talking a bit airy fairy, so to speak. So you've got a little bit more leeway to be able to bring those concepts in, and I always put a little disclaimer saying look if you don't if you can't feel it or if it doesn't work doesn't matter you know it's it's just starting to look for that connection because I personally when I breathe in if I think about sending the breath to my toes I can feel a response in my feet yeah but I've been practicing for a while so and I spend I like I tell my Pilates and yoga people I spend a lot of time experimenting on myself with the breath and the way that my body moves and that sort of thing and I say to people this is what I'm feeling here's here's what we're doing this is what I'm feeling now go away with that for the next eight or ten breaths or repetitions or whatever and see what you feel 
and just see what your body does. Really tune in, see those little differences that come in when you're moving your leg or you're moving your arm or whatever you're doing. If you just, even if we're just standing there holding a pose, same in yoga, what's happening for you? Where's your strength? Where's your stretch? Where are you supporting yourself? Are you leaning into your hands? You know, can you pull that if you're finding, oh, my wrist is getting sore? Can you get that energy out of the wrist into something else in your body in order to change up the way you're experiencing that particular movement or not movement as the case may be? Yeah. So. Yeah, I've definitely seen that that connection that you have with your body and seen your sort of um, play with that as well just through growing up just in general. Um, but also... You can, I guess you could probably see if you're in like a yoga class and I've definitely been this person where you're kind of sitting there, you're relaxing and then you're thinking, you know, maybe you're going, I'm not doing this well. Or maybe you go, I think I'm doing this really well. Like I actually reckon (laughs) I'm in a deeper state than what everybody else is. Let me just look around and then, you know what I mean? Like things like that, which... You're missing the point. Yeah. If that is what's happening. But yeah, I've, but you know, we're only human. I admit I've had that uh, that kind of experience. But in sort of some of the times that you know we've exercised together or done any of that, you can see this level of uh, attentiveness and I don't want to say stillness because it might come across the wrong way, but at least this level of attention that you play on it. And even if you're standing or sitting, perhaps even more. Uh, uh, notably that you're attending to that and that you've tried to come back to what you were saying about when you're five years old and they kind of the kids will use their body in the right way you can see that there's a kind of stability that comes in how uh, you're able mm. to carry your body yep um, I wanted to go well firstly what's that kind of experience been like have you felt that you've always been interested towards that um, sort of exploration no I think I found it when I started the remedial massage study because um, yep. I was working before that I was just I was working in Woolworths as a bakehouse manager and then when I had like you and Callum um, I stayed home as a stay-at-home mum and I wanted to go back to something that was more doable around kids and that sort of thing and so I and I was I've always been interested in health and I've exercised regularly since I was 17 and all that sort of thing. So I chose naturopath and then when when I signed up for that, the lady said, do, if you want, do this remedial course as well because that way, you know, you you can do that and then tell people that you're also a naturopath and rah-rah. So you can kind of get work both ways. Oh, okay. which obviously we all have to work on some level, but um, so yeah, but so and then when I was studying and we got to the anatomy side of things, uh, my brain just opened. It just went, oh my gosh, and it got. I got so excited and just absolutely loved it, absolutely loved it. So that's where my kind of interest started, and then I started working for a naturopath. She was also an iridologist, a homeopath, a uh, acupuncturist. You name it a massage therapist she, you name it she she had it and I was so in awe of her and that's and I went I want to know that's where my love of learning started as well um and down that sort of line that I've gone I, I signed up for my yoga cl- course and while I was finishing that I much to my 
husband's disgust, <laughs> I signed up for my Pilates course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, a few thousand dollars later. Um, but I'm so glad that I did. I don't regret it. Even if I never make the money back, or I, I love what I do and I just want to share it. And I know a lot of the people these days, I just don't do want to put this in here, but a lot of people these days think of Pilates as reformer Pilates. And I think that has come about because of the exercise mindset. And Pil- reformer Pilates is an exercise sort of genre um, where you get work up a sweat and it's fun. Don't get me wrong. I've done classes and I think it's really fun. But I think that people are missing out on the value of a mat class. Yeah, and I think that people have just forgotten about how valuable that is or yeah. should be. Yeah, and that's on my drive to try and get that out of there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, like you said, that, uh, or at least you've said it to me before, that there's been a fair few. Uh, you know, most of the people who have come in to uh, the the place that you have, which is looks absolutely amazing oh. to you guys both did Thank a you. really really good job on it. Thank you. Um, and I think it's contributed to people wanting to be around that space because it does have that feel that you're going for yep and i don't think that's a bias i don't think i'm biased no i think a lot of people have said that which is lovely yeah i wanted to go into you said yoga nidra before and i'm wondering does that tie into this program that you're developing with it's Jess, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. My Reiki therapist. Yes. Yeah. And meditation. Yeah. Yeah. So you tell um, walk through a little bit of a little bit of that. Um. So we're developing a workshop of. So I know you can go and do a, a meditation workshop, and I was talking to Jess, and she does meditation. She teaches meditation, and I said, "What if we got together and did a half hour Yin style yoga? So very relaxing and, um." just pulling everything back, bringing the internal focus and then run from that, not run, but move from that into a meditation session. So we're doing, so coming up in the next, well, probably start in May, um, an eight-week program of one hour a week, which not really long enough, but that's what we've got so far. Um, But doing it every week, though, will definitely have, a benefit just to kind of return back to there's kind of a, a, a build up and a buffer of what gets learned each week and, yep. and connecting to. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, I would want to say that too. Yeah. So, yeah. So over that eight weeks, hopefully just uh, um, allowing people to explore their own journey into stillness and into that meditative state, not so much in that airy fairy language kind of thing way of meditation but just to be able to relax move away from the busy lifestyle that we've all got um, and just take time out to just be and just be and experiencing what that is and so many times you look around in gyms or wherever you are and people on their phones before class not interacting with other people or during relaxation they're on their phones and they're just not giving themselves the time our phones are just taking over don't worry, I've used mine as well. But yeah, me too. But yeah, but just taking that time out to put that aside and just just be. Yeah. And see and what happens. I think some people might feel like, oh, why am I gonna, what you know, why am I gonna spend money to go and do nothing? Like it's not, it's not productive. I'm not 
getting anything done. But if you, I spoke to a, a financial advisor and I'll tie this in. I spoke to a financial advisor and uh, he was talking about, look, you can do, you can do all this stuff yourself, but you probably won't because you haven't. Yet. Yeah, and that's yeah. why you've come to recognize this, or that's why you've had that thought of yeah. going, "Ah, oh, I'm so stressed. I just can't." You know, and I think we've all, all said it at some point, or we're all mindful of it creeping back if you do feel like you're in a good spot. So, I think, I mean, I'm interested in in participating, yeah, um, in it as well, just to kind of jump in a little bit of. There's yin yoga which is its own form and then did you say yoga nidra is built yoga nidra is built into it um at the end of our meditation so it's like yogic sleep so you're relaxing with this awareness of being relaxed and being guided into a meditative state but not sleeping but not sleeping unless you know you might fall asleep and that's okay too (laughs) yeah but i really like that idea of getting to that state that feels almost because sleep is very relaxing inherently like that's what it is Mm -hmm. um it's rest so to be able to be in that state just seems like a really powerful thing i mean you could even (laughs) i know what i'm doing in my head i'm going oh yes that would be really good because then that could help me be even more productive because in the time that I'm not doing it, <laughs> You're looking for the outcome. I'm still looking for it again. But I, and I don't necessarily think that is all bad because no. if I can just explore a little bit more of that space, yep. then you know that's a, that's a good thing. Maybe it helps tilt me more towards that side. I definitely think I need to build up this kind of buffer and practice uh, with uni going back in a sec because there's uni then the business stuff then wanting to exercise and maintaining relationships and you know the music thing as well so like it's a it's a lot yeah and uh it's all about balance yeah ph balance and wellness so you're gonna take (laughs) the nice nice wraps it up nicely because it is almost time to wrap it up because i know you gotta go um so you're gonna take the Uh, the yoga, yoga side, side of it, yep. and then Jess is going to be running the yoga nidra side, like med- meditation side. So she's lovely. So she um, offers Reiki at our studio as well. Um, so if you're interested in that, just look us up on Facebook or Instagram and contact us via that medium. And yeah, we would love to be there for your journey into wellness, whatever that means for you. And there's a few different genres there. So if yoga or Pilates or whatever is not for you, we offer the more physical side of things as well. So your group fitness or personal training, whatever. Just, yeah, I think just find something that you love, even if it's just going for a walk on the beach or in my yoga therapy course, it's about finding what you love and then you'll stick to it. Yeah. And that's the most important thing. And ultimately, if that's not with pH balance and wellness, it doesn't matter. Just find what you love and then you'll stick to it. Whatever makes you feel healthy and good. Yeah. Well, I would like to, I would like to give this a go, provided that it's um, in a time that I'm yep. uh, available as well. When did you say, do you have a date? Where um, I think we're going to be doing Wednesday nights at seven to eight 
Okay, that, um, that works. We're debating the 6.30 to 7.30 time slot, but we're thinking probably we'll start advertising next week or the week after. Okay. Um, just so enough. If anybody, if, uh, for those that are listening who might be interested, uh, if they were like 6.30, 7.30 works best for me, they could they could reach out provided yeah. that it's in reach out the right time frame within the next week maybe adjustments could be made yeah yep yep so but other than that seven seven, seven to eight, to eight yep. and that way you've got time to still get home relaxed and hopefully um have a really nourishing sleep yeah despite my bedtime being at about nine o'clock but i think i to be You'll able be to finished do by that eight before, so you'd be out of there and home in time and you're already feeling relaxed yes so that's the point um technically going to bed at seven which is even better <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i'm still awake yeah, no, yeah. That, that distinction again awesome well thank you so much uh, let's please do it again no worries um, yeah that was really fun thank you it's an excuse to uh catch up and talk yes. <laughs> like we like to do <laughs> yeah no, awesome thank you no worries thank you valuable minds